Welcome to Practice Care with Carl White, the podcast where we help practice owners in healthcare know just enough about the business side to make good business decisions and keep their practices independent. Now our host, Carl. When you're starting up a medical practice, there are thousands of details, some more important than others. Where do you start? Well, my guest today helps providers start their own medical practice and is going to help us break it down. I'm Carl White, Principal at Market Advisory Group, which is a healthcare marketing agency, and I'm also the host of Practice Care. The mission for both is the same, and that's to help private practice owners stay private. Not only is that what they want, but care is better when the provider owns the practice because that's when they're going to have the most freedom to make the clinical decisions for you that they think are the best. It's just different when somebody else owns the practice. Eventually, that agenda starts to creep in and nobody gets hurt, but it's just more for the provider to deal with. So let's just keep it all private and keep all that out to begin with. My guest today is Betsy Noxon. Betsy founded Drake & Company Medical Practice Consulting in 2021 to focus on supporting small to medium-sized private medical practices to achieve best practices for their business, staff, and patients. Betsy's goal is to help physicians be proactive so they can be productive and serve their patients to the best of their ability. Betsy's worked in, healthcare, in the healthcare business for 30 years. She enjoyed a leadership role as a practice manager for a large hospital system in Cleveland. She excelled as a physician recruiter in Salt Lake City and directed all operations as the administrator for her own podiatric surgical practice in Glenview, Illinois. With Drake & Company, Betsy assists with the launch of medical practices hiring, overseeing policies and procedures, coordinating training, office setup, patient enrollment, compiling a competitive benefits package, and more. Betsy also recruits physicians, helps with hiring staff at new office locations, and assists with bookkeeping reviews. Her primary responsibility overall is to help physicians solve business problems and offer peace of mind. And if that's not enough, the rest of us, the day is done, we go to sleep. Betsy's not done. She's also a young fiction author of the Eden Project series, The Eden Project, The Crescent File, and The Y Factor. And quote, this is from Betsy, in her free time, I guess that's right. not in her free time, <laughs> Betsy is also an, out, an avid outdoor athlete, a passionate runner, cyclist, sw and swimmer who competes in marathons and triathlons. Betsy, I don't know how you found time to come on Practice Care, but we certainly thank you for doing so. Thanks for coming on. <laughs> thank you for having me. Yeah, I gotta, gotta keep things exciting. <laughs> well I've got quite the menu to do so. So uh, <laughs> it's good to have you on. Thank you. I want to start with where I start with every guest, which is to you know help us get to know you a bit better. Your bio is a bit more thorough than than many others. That's sort of by you know by design of what I ask for. Um, I'm curious, how did you get into healthcare? Like why healthcare as opposed to anything else? It's a good question. Yeah, not not what I saw my path um, and where that was going. Was an international studies major, very excited about traveling and learning about different cultures and languages. Um, but then kind of graduating, uh, I was thinking maybe law school and just kind of like a lot of people are out of college, not mm -hmm. sure really where, where they want to go. A job opportunity came up at, um, at a hospital in Cleveland and I thought, well, let me try it. It was a pre preventive cardiology program and okay. I loved it. I really enjoyed you know, the, um, you know, helping people get healthy and mm -hmm. it was a, a brand new program. Um, then got into office management and, uh, practice management and, and I enjoyed it. I really enjoyed the whole aspect of it and the operations and, and, and helping smaller practices actually were merging with hospitals at the time. Mm -hmm. So, and then married a, um, a foot and ankle specialist and we bought our own practice here in Glenview and 
that just kind of was a natural transition to um, help out and you know work at, in the administration of that practice for all those years as our okay. family business. And I think what I bring to the table uniquely, um, you know, aside from maybe other larger companies that do some of this, you know, help people transition, right. is that I've been in that owner's seat um, for many years. And yeah. it's always about being a little proactive to mitigate issues that may come down the line because you know if you can take a few measures or policies and procedures in place or conversations with staff or physicians about issues if you can prevent a larger problem down the road and be proactive so that's what I, when i work with my clients i really feel like i've got ownership because i've been that at owner's seat i know where they're coming from um mm -hmm. and i think that's what i love what i'm doing right now is because i feel like i'm making that impact and and setting themselves setting them helping set them up to be successful and yeah. and um, not be like, oh, why didn't I know that? Or what happened here? Or look, you know, look retroactively at something they could have been proactively doing. Right, right. So healthcare was sort of a, I don't know, by chance, I guess. Yeah. What was it about that first job that that you looked at and said, you know, I, I think I want to apply for that? Um, I think it, because I guess I was kind of, um, I grew up as a golfer and got into running and just trying to, the importance of being healthy and preventative. It was a preventive okay. cardiology program. And I thought, this is important. This mm. is important for people to, to know in the team aspect. Um, there's a dietitian and an exercise physiologist, culinary center that was amazing. Mm. Um, you know, working with cardiologists. And I was the liaison to introduce people to the, the program and, and right. onboard them. And I just thought, this is pretty cool. Um, and really making it, making an impact in people's lives. Okay. Interesting. Um, so let's get into it. And, you know, you talk about planning. I'm a big fan of planning process. How much time, like in months or years, what do you think should, should a, an owner should, a, you know, a provider who wants to become an owner allow to set up a practice? Yeah. And I think that's such a great question to start off with, because, you know, usually people have this little nugget of an idea of either they're, you know, they're not real happy where they are, what alternatives do they have, or they mm -hmm. hear about other people setting up practices and wonder if they could do it. Um, so I've, I've kind of come into um, kind of the, the stream of this process at various points with my clients. Mm -hmm. And I really find um, if someone's starting to think about it, like today for next year, get that get some of the conversations going, um, mm -hmm. set up your, so maybe 12 months, nine to 12 months is a great time to start looking at like, do I really want to do this? And what is it going to take? And mm -hmm. how is it going to look out, lay out a business plan? Um, look at, you know, leases, look at space. Where do you want to be? What is your non-compete clause? Like, um, do I want a partner? Do I want to take insurance or be membership based practice? So answer some of those questions you know, talking with, you know, obviously you have to get your family involved, you're not kind of on board. Right. And yeah. Yeah. So big talk, change. Yeah. A big change. Yeah. And how are you maybe going to cover your costs? Are you going to need a loan? Are you okay without maybe a lower income for, you know, six months or so? Um, so there's a lot of unknowns. And again, I like to walk, be that person to be kind of side by side and say, I've done this, it can be done. Mm -hmm. And let's, take it step by step. So initially, initially there's those kind of main things, talk with a healthcare lawyer about mm. what type of entity you want to set up, 
you know, there are a lot of benefits with 401k being a practice owner. If you're a high income earner, there's a lot of benefits that I think a lot of people don't know about. So I kind of come into the picture, I think four to six months where I can really kind of get hands on and, and get nitty gritty of, you know, the next steps to, to launching while the physician's usually working in their current practice. Right. So, and what does that look like? Then I kind of lay out a timetable and, and, and kind of get more nitty gritty involved with them at that point. Yeah. So a couple of follow-ups. First, a question. So nine to 12 months, do you mean nine to 12 months to start, to start, to, to plan, but not, you know, so you're, you're not saying, or are you saying, you know, let's say 12 months from the year you, you have this idea, aha, I want to open my own practice. Are you saying a year later doors open or? Possibly. Yeah. Okay. Possibly. Yeah. It's very doable that way. Okay. I mean, it depends how quickly you want to move, you know, how, a lot, a lot does depend on the office space, you mm-hmm. know, so that's one of the initial things early on is to, you know, where do you want to end up practicing, yeah. you know, and how, how quickly can that office be ready? And there's always delays as we know. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, okay. And then the other thing is, you know, you mentioned almost in passing a healthcare attorney, and I want to emphasize this, not just for attorneys, but for every profession that you're going to need a listener there's a healthcare version of it. And that's what you ought to get because, you know, there's a, there's a thousand good business attorneys out there, but the healthcare part of it's different and you can find a good healthcare attorney that also knows the business side. And that's what you're going to get. Healthcare accounting, healthcare, I do marketing, marketing, whatever it is, there's a flavor of it. And I would say only reluctantly should you choose somebody, especially if this is your first time, that isn't a healthcare specialist within that field that you are looking for. It's just different. There are things that you have to know. Um, Betsy too, you know, there are plenty, plenty of, uh, you know, coaches and consultants that can help you start up a business. It's different if you're mm-hmm. starting up a medical practice. Mm-hmm. Um, it just is some overlap, but some different. So ask around, how do you find out? Are you a healthcare specialist or not? What percentage of your clients are medical practices? Like I'm thinking of five, keep going. Yep. Everybody's, everybody's got a couple, find somebody yep. that, that dominates in it. So, okay, good. So yeah. nine months to a year. Yeah, What's interview that? a few interview a few people. Yeah. And see if they work for you. Um, obviously you know people, I know people. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so there's you know, there's plenty of options out there, but you have to feel comfortable with who you're working with. And yeah. And I, I totally agree. Yep. There's even uh there's a whole you know, you talk about finding office space, there's a whole sub-industry of, of that world. It's healthcare specialists. It's all they do. And and find, you know, the needs of a general space are different than the needs of of a medical practice. There's different plumbing and electrical needs. Who knows, right? But they do, and they, they know what all the spaces are. Don't go generalist unless you really have to. Um, as in this month, or the, rather not this month, this year or so, this nine to 12 months, some things are more important than others. It's just probably some sort of generalized sequence of things you should be doing, doing things in. How do you lay that out? You know, if, if, yeah. if a, a client came to you and said, and it was ideal, let's say it was 12 months, I want to open up a practice in a year and you go, Thank God somebody listened and you've got the full year and you could sequence things out and not sort of, you know, crash the system all at once. Right. How would you lay it out? Yeah. Um, definitely again, like getting that space and then you can kind of work backward from there in a way of like, okay, we can open up in July, you know, mm-hmm. it's, it's November, mm-hmm. you know, let's kind of see how we need to work backwards. How long do, and initially a lot of physicians are, you know, concerned about staffing. Mm-hmm. How long does it take to hire somebody? I'm like, well, it kind of depends on the climate, but I usually you know, recommend, you know, t- 12 to eight weeks, 
because okay. you don't want to feel pressured into hiring somebody that may not be a good fit. Yeah. So, yeah. So hiring is a huge part. Um, and along with that goes all the HR packet, um, you know, right. handbooks and policies, procedures. So that is a big piece that I help with. And with the small practice, um, I can do it myself. You know, the larger mm. practices, you know, it's hard to find someone to do it. And the physician doesn't want to be that person screening calls and yeah. saying, no, this isn't a good fit. They just, it, it's kind of nice to hand that off to somebody. So the HR is a big component. Um, and so the IT, the marketing is huge. Um, I always recommend, you know, find actually early on, and you can attest to this, is if you have your name and it's been trademarked and you've gone through the healthcare lawyer yeah. to trademark that and make sure right. no one else is using it you know get your domain name mm -hmm. um get that you know you want maybe an information page splash page to get right. started but hire right. somebody like yourself um because people are gonna once they hear you may be leaving mm. patients panic a little bit oh my gosh where are you going and you can give them a once you're kind of have it ready um you can at least give a landing page where people can say okay i can contact you yeah. And then the physicians can um, start a patient contact list. Yeah. Yes. If you're leaving, have them don't just say, I don't know yet, or even suggest I'm going here. This is I, or you contact me, whatever there's, there can be no question. It's totally true. Um, yeah. So it starts with the space. Which starts makes with sense. The, yeah. Yes. Name, get, you know, get your space, you know, decide on a name. Are you going to have a partner? Mm -hmm. Um and so then there's got to, there's a little bit of time in between. I might step in, you know, once you kind of establish those things, get your healthcare accountant. I mean, yeah, your accountant, right. Figure out, you know, some projections. If you are going membership based, what is, what is that going to look like? How many patients do you need? You can crunch some numbers. Mm -hmm. That kind of gives you a little bit of security. If you are going with insurance, um, there is, you know, that whole aspect of, um, you know, enrollments with insurance and billing companies. And, and, yeah. yeah. Are you going to have an in-house biller, third-party biller? What kind of EHR? Um, that yeah. takes some time. So. Yeah. It has uh, so many details. I, I wonder, I've never really made this comparison. I wonder how many more details there are to open up like a, you know, a one or two doctor medical practice compared to some real retail, some non-medical. I wonder how many more things there are to, to get done yeah. on the same timeline. It's got to be just because of the regulation, right? right? You can't just, right. uh, between regulation and credentialing, just right there, yeah. um, you know, you can't get paid and you can't deliver mm -hmm. treatments until those two things are done. Yeah. Um, yes. Totally. Yeah. And then, so those, those are the more important things. Right. How far into the future do you do you encourage physicians to think? Because as you were answering the, the question we were just talking about, I was thinking, you know, the whole, there's this sort of dance between, you know, how many patients can I see? How many do I want to see? Because that's the revenue and that kind of guides investment to an extent. And you can get sort of stuck in this circle and never right. quite know. You got to have to kind of pick a place. So, you know, do you, do you, do you project that out and then just, you know, I guess you can, right? So if you're going yeah. to be you're going to be a podiatrist, you can say, well, the typical patient visit length is X. Yes, there's yeah. variations, but typical. So per day, that means this. You can sort of really kind right. of granularize granularize right. it, I guess, and start to sort of you know pro forma some. Okay, so you can pro forma some numbers that way. Yeah. But then, how far into the future do you encourage them to look? One well, year, five years? Like, how do you? 
Yeah, just kind of going back on, you know, the physician is now, once they decide on this, they're a business person too. Yeah. So you can't just kind of let that other people handle it. And that's one thing I do stress um, with physicians is you, you can hand off some of your accounting and you can hand off some of your billing, but do look at reports, you know, regularly, either monthly, weekly, quarterly, don't just assume everything's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, like you have an, as an employee, you haven't had to be looking at those things. So to kind of know that, you know, let your staff know that you have your hands dipped in, you are overseeing how much, you know, is being spent at Costco for, you know, various supplies or with your right. vendor, you know, McKesson vendor. So, you know, you have, you still need that oversight and, and I highly recommend that. So it, with kind of getting back to this question, you are a business person. So mm-hmm. it, you do need to crunch the numbers, meet with your accountant on a periodic basis or call them with questions as things come up. But um, right, if you are going to add physicians, keep that in mind when you're looking at your space. Is there room to expand? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if you want to take on another physician, do you need some more exam rooms or can you work with what, you know, two two exam rooms per doctor with adding another physician or do you need, you know, to expand? So right up the front, think about, are you looking to retire? Where are you in your career cycle? Are you looking mm-hmm. to retire and you want to kind of, you know, phase out or are you looking to grow and add two or three more doctors and how many patients may, might you be able to offload, you know, transition to a new doctor to then support their income. Um, so, you know, looking at, you know, do you want to back off or do you want and, and hire maybe somebody to take over your spot? So all of those things um, it's worth taking a look at and, mm-hmm. and thinking of down the road Um and that's kind of where some of the recruiting comes in, where I can kind of come in handy. Of like, yeah. well, if, you know, if you're looking to to retire in five or ten years, what does that succession plan look like? Because you could don't want to leave your patients kind of with their hands up in the air. What now? Right, right. I'm I'm curious for your clients, like, because looking into the future is hard. It is. I mean, especially for yeah. something if you haven't done it before, like open up a you know be a business person and open up a medical practice. I'm curious, like. You know, for every 10 clients you have, how many of them have a, you know, a picture of the future versus how many say, Betsy, I don't know. I have no yeah. idea. Most know? of them do. I think going into private practice, either they've been already having discussions with family um, because it impacts the family, you know, what they choose to do. Um, mm-hmm. Or they've had conversations with the lawyer of like, do you want a seven-year lease or a 10-year lease? Because what if you have to get out of it? Are you going to retire? So I think some of these discussions do come up in, in deciding, you know, the business sides of things, you know, the, okay. like I said, the lease. Um, and so, so what is that it kind of forced, they're kind of forced to think about it a little bit. Yeah. Um, and I, and I actually had one person that was thinking of, well, I want to wind down in five years. I'm thinking, well, I don't know. Is this, do you want to, it's a, it's a big investment. It's a big investment of time. Yeah. Five energy, years is not a big money. time horizon for right. startup. But, yeah. Yeah, for a startup. But I thought, you know, this is a kind of a practice where the person could back off, maybe work three days a week. And she may, the person may not want to retire in five years because things are different now. (laughs) Right. Right. So, so there's a lot of, a lot of uh, things to consider, but I think, you know, like I said, they're kind of forced to think in the future and it's so important. Yeah. About that up front. Yeah. I'm curious. And I want to go back a bit to like in the list of things to do, 
you yeah. know, like the categories of things to do. I'm, I'm curious, which ones do you find, you know, your clients do well at, you know, which ones do you, do you find, man, they just keep messing that up or they underappreciate that or, you know, cause I'm thinking of listeners, you yeah. know, listeners who are thinking about this can benefit from what you've seen and what you've experienced. Yeah. Um, you know, what, what are they, where, yeah, I'll start there. What are they yeah. gravitate? You know, what are they good at? What do they fight you on? Or they just they just underappreciate the startup process? You know, I haven't. Luckily, I don't think I've come into too much of that. I think a lot of them are busy working, and they kind of do lean on me of like, okay, you know best. Just keep me going along. You know, okay. and there are times where I'm like, okay, now we have to decide. <laughs> yeah, I've had some that don't want to decide. There's a lot of decision making, and maybe it's decision making fatigue at front, yeah. the front end. But it's like when, building a house. Like I could never build that. Yes. I would shoot myself. I couldn't. Yeah. All those totally. decisions and details. Yeah. yeah okay. What tiles do you want? What colors? Oh my God. I, <laughs> that's you just pick them. I don't care. Yeah. Yeah. But ultimately they need to know it's, you know, what, cause they're going to be working in like the, the phone systems, the messaging communication, the EHR. So I can give them, present them with options Mm -hmm. but I'm not the one working in them. So they ultimately need to be aware of what they're choosing. But there is a point where I'm like, okay, we need to, we need to, we can't stall. Like you said, get off the starting block. Yeah. And I'm kind of that person to say, okay, here's the agenda. Let's decide by Friday, you mm -hmm. know, because we got to move to the next phase. Right. So right. they are really, they are actually, everybody I've worked with has been excellent in understanding that, like to keep the process moving, we have to make decisions, but it's it's a little it's a little scary for everybody because sure. but then I'm I kind of come back and say, well, you've got you can back out of it if it doesn't work. Don't sign any long-term contracts. Mm -hmm. These things are pretty flexible and like, okay, year or two, and like if it's disaster, which it usually isn't, right. There are outs. You know, don't right. lock yourself into something long term that you might regret. So right. I imagine when they have to write the first sizable check, they go, oh yeah. maybe there's maybe there's a, a pause there. <laughs> Yes, that's very that's true. Reality. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that's something too. They can um I talk to lenders and they're they always they love giving out loans to physicians because yeah. Um yeah, because they're pretty they're the re, the 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 chances there you have a problem or a default on it are pretty minimal. So mm -hmm. yeah. Healthcare so bankers, by the way, I forgot to mention that in my laundry list earlier. There are healthcare bankers. Yes. As well as general good bankers. But if you can find a healthcare, I mean, yeah. 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 Or at least somebody with healthcare experience. Um, exactly. any any blind spots that you see? Um in clients? I think, I think I think the most, and it's 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 curious. I think because they're people, people, you know, they're, mm -hmm. they're in the face of the public all day, every day. Yeah. Um, I always let them know, like I always say they're very good character judgments, like when we're interviewing for staff or something like that. And there, I think that's always a, people are a little more cautious about that, but I don't know if it's a blind spot really, but okay. it's something to comment um, is that they need to give themselves a lot more credit for their ability to, you know, evaluate people, you know, yeah. I, I, I kind of prop them up. It's something second nature to them. I'm like, you have good human instincts. You, mm -hmm. you you see personalities all day long. I, and that's another thing I feel like I bring to the table for people is like, I've been in a working office. I've checked people in, I've checked people out. I've taken co-pays. I've been yeah. in the HR. I've, 
taken x-rays, I've cleaned rooms, I've triaged. I've So I have, and I love that, is that I can speak to being in the workflow and the day-to-day operations. But um, so I see, I see the doctors, they, they're good with people. They work with all different personalities, people not feeling great. You know, they come in, they're not feeling great. Mm-hmm. So they are very good characters of, you know, you know, when they're hiring staff, that they have a good gut feeling about somebody. I always say, listen to that. And so, you know, to prop them up, you know, they, um, you know, they, they do have a lot of great qualities to be business people. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, well, like I said, a lot of the guests, you know, the topics that we pick that could go on and on, you know, there's just, they're very deep, but <laughs> in the interest of, you know, sort of more bite-sized advice, a couple of questions, like wrap-up questions I ask every guest. First one is anything you think I should have asked you in the context of this discussion, but just didn't ask you. I don't think so. I just think, um, you know, there's a lot of pieces to the puzzle and it's just a matter of kind of, you know, moving forward. And, you know, once these physicians, like it is possible to start up your practice. Sometimes Mm -hmm. it feels so overwhelming, but again, um, take it step by step, roll it out. And then the satisfaction of, like you said, being a private practice, you get autonomy and, you know, it's, it's a great, it's a great thing to be able to keep going. I, I, I think. Are there any red flags you see ever with clients where you go, we don't fix that red flag. This thing's not going to go, you know, that. In what respect? Like, I, I, with... you know, I, I don't even have a specific idea in mind. Yeah. So, you know, you're working with client X and client X says or dumb something and you just say to yourself, that's a problem. Yeah. That's going to be a real problem, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, a little bit, I do, you know, I don't want to go into too specific, sure. but, you know, kind of making some quick decisions early on um, that maybe weren't thought through as much. Okay. Um, so maybe backpedaling a little bit, but, um, or physicians that are just not clients, maybe like not seeing the big picture. Um, but I don't, I have, I haven't had, I have worked through it. I've worked through it with them. So I, okay. at this point, I haven't I had, you know, huge red flags, but. Okay, okay. Um, and the other question I ask every guest as a wrap up is, so let's say we've caught a listener's attention. They've been thinking about starting up for a while or whatever. Um, sometimes, and there's a lot of enthusiasm, but sometimes people are stuck at the starting line. They just don't know where to get started. So if you had to nudge them off the starting line with one or two pieces of like, simple, really practical pieces of advice that they could do to get started, what would you say they should do? Um, let you know, get out the calendar. Let's look at the timeline, you know, and mm. say, let's get this done and, you know, have that end date and kind of think backwards and just keep, um, keep the agenda going, keep the momentum going, even just, and this kind of goes back to some of my marathon training, yeah. <laughs> tell somebody about it. If you start telling friends, I'm going to start a practice, then you kind of becomes a reality. It's like yeah. you do a marathon. Well, now I can't not do it, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's embarrassing. Start, yeah. yeah. Start telling your friends about it and and they'll probably, you know, be excited for you. So I, I do kind of attribute a lot of work and, you know, to the marathon training and, you know, what are you doing in that day and what are you doing in the week and what's the purpose of the training for that week? What's the purpose for you know, certain mm. goals that you're setting. So set some goals, take it day by day. Um, it may feel overwhelming at times, but um, if you chunk it down and work with team, getting a really good team, you know, on your side is 
that you feel confident with is huge. Right, right. And I want to add one, and I, it's going to go against the question, which is because it's not necessarily simple. It's kind of simple, but it's it's a mindset change. I mean, you said it earlier. Yes. It's a mindset change. This is a business. Yes. Now, it and, and if I have to tell you, you know, the the physicians that I've come across that uh, that were unsuccessful as owners, I think part of it is they didn't appreciate that and take that part seriously enough. Um, mm-hmm. The days are long gone when you can quote unquote hang a shingle and they will come. You have yeah. too much competition, and mm-hmm. it's too complicated anyway. Um, you know, not that it's a business, like you're going to be this, this cold, unfeeling it's, it's, it's a practice. It's a medical practice. Yes. But there's a business side of it and it's, you know, kind of almost 50, 50 with the clinical side. Um, so you got to treat it that way. Um, you mentioned numbers earlier. You don't have to know your numbers the way an accountant knows your numbers, but there's a handful of numbers you must know, and you must know what they mean when they change. And you must demand that they be presented to you so that you can Yes. scan them in a couple of minutes and know what's going on. It's doable. It's not always yep. quick because nobody really knows what you're looking for. You do. And you kind of trial and error until you get there, but you got to have a mindset. It's a business. So go read books on it. Go talk to other, whoever you have to talk to Betsy and she'll tell you the same thing. Most of what you're going to be spending time on that getting ready for in that year is the business side, right? right. You already know the clinical side. Exactly. And, you know, I mean, there's some things to figure out, but, but really all of it's the business side. And if you outsource and forget, man, it's just a matter of time before it comes back to bite you. So exactly. check that mindset and yeah, tell somebody I'm opening up a practice and just tell yourself it's a business too, man. It's yep. a business too. So yeah, cool. Yeah. Um, awesome. Well, Betsy, thank you for coming on Practice Care um, and uh, really appreciate you sharing me. your knowledge. Yeah. Um, so you shared contact information with me. We're going to get all that contact information for the show notes for your episode. So anybody who's listening who wants to contact Betsy, to learn more, you'll be able to do so. A couple of points before we wrap up the episode. First, if you are someone like Betsy or I who serves private practice owners, or if you're a private practice owner yourself, and you've got experience on the business side of private practice that you think others would benefit from hearing about, well, we want you to come on Practice Care as soon as possible so that you can tell them all about it. In the show notes for Betsy's episode and every episode, there's a link, a couple of clicks, tell us what's on your mind so we can get you scheduled as soon as possible. And finally, at Practice Care, we do a new episode every week. And the easiest and best way to stay up to date with them is to subscribe. We're on Apple, we're on Spotify, we're on Google, we're on YouTube, all the major platforms and all the major players. Subscribe so that way every time a new episode drops, you'll get it right away. Thanks very much. And until next time. Thank you for listening to Practice Care with Carl White. Make sure to subscribe and follow so you don't miss another episode. You can find our guest contact information in the show notes. Stay tuned for the next episode.